Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, it is dinner time. What are you doing for dinner? My suggestion, Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew in North Denver. Their food is so unbelievably good. I love their smoked ribs. I love their smoked brisket. I absolutely love, and I talk about this all the time, their smoked corned beef Reuben. They have smoked meatloaf and this balsamic glaze that is so good. I believe it's a mushroom glaze, if I remember it correctly. Uh, Their sides are fantastic. Mac and cheese, uh, barbecue beans. I don't eat beans, but I love it because it has brisket in it. And it has like pork drippings in it as well. And it is graduation season, in case you don't know. So what are you going to do? My suggestion, cater in to Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. We catered in for a Halloween party, and it was absolutely fabulous. We did a whole bunch of sliders and sides. So stop in to their location, North Denver, or cater for your next party. That could be a graduation party. Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. They're awesome. You can find them in North Denver. Time now for The Lead. The Lead is presented by Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. CBS Sports' Jason LaConfora listed his quarterback tiers for this season. He does it every year, and he called these guys his bona fide franchise quarterbacks. In order, Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, Jackson, that's Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson checks in at number six, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford. So nine guys on the list. Wilson, he looks at as the sixth best quarterback in the league. Is he slotted correctly? It's hard to argue for him ahead of him, beyond any of the guys ahead of him. I'd put him ahead of Lamar Jackson. Mark Jackson's been MVP. I uh, well, um, and Russell Wilson has been to two Super Bowls, and I understand defense played a major role in the first one, and those were which was those a were, win, and those were quite a while ago. Okay, that's fine. He is still a top tier quarterback. Who would you rather have as your quarterback, Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson? I'd well, knowing that Wilson stays in shape, wants to play for a long time. Lamar Jackson rather? stays in shape. Okay, I I hear you, and he's younger, and I know he stays in shape. I mean, just, he, just the, like all of at these this guys. Mo- well, I mean, they're at this moment because we've seen Russell Wilson come after his injury because he did play down the stretch last year, and we have not seen Lamar Jackson uh, since his injury because he didn't return. At this moment, no, I would take Russell Wilson for the next three years. Who would you rather have? I'd have to see how Lamar Jackson looks coming back before I answer that question. Okay. I would rather have Russell Wilson for the next three years, and I'll tell you why. Everything that you and I are hearing 
out of Broncos as this guy is a fantastic leader. He is rallying the troops. He has Super Bowl credentials. I understand that Lamar Jackson has won an MVP. Joe Flacco. I mean, you're the one who said they in 2019 he had arguably the most spectacular season eight quarterbacks ever had. It's one season. I'm not going to base a guy's career on one season, and I'm not suggesting he's not a terrific quarterback. As I've said many times, just because you hit a home run doesn't make you a home run hitter. He had one fantastic season, and it was remarkable. But I'll take Russell Wilson all day over Lamar Jackson. All day. I mean, do we go by QB wins as well? Does that matter? I mean, the Ravens have have won literally more than 75% of their starts of the games that he started. You just said you take Wilson like me. So you're, well, I said you're I, arguing no, against yourself. No, I, what I'm saying is I have to see Lamar Jackson coming back for the injury before I'm going to say I'd rather have, I'd 100% rather have Russell Wilson over him. Okay. Well, I tell you what, would you rather have um, Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert? I'd rather have Justin Herbert. But wait a minute. But wait a minute. I think you could argue Herbert could could have been higher. But but, but wait a minute. Jackson was an MVP. Who would you rather have, Burrow or Jackson? I'd rather have Burrow. But wait a minute. But Jackson won an MVP. That's my point. He had one unbelievable season. But again, all of those guys, none of those guys are coming off an injury. Burrow's come off of an injury. I I, I don't think it's fair to put Lamar Jackson to say, would you rather have this or that? We don't know what he's going to be like coming off of the first major injury of his career. I would rather have Wilson over Herbert, Burrow, Stafford, and Jackson. I mean, I find this interesting coming from the person who argued that uh, about the all-time nature of Lamar Jackson. It was one season. season. And the next year, he got him back to the playoffs, and they won in the playoffs. That's great. Wilson has led his team to a pair of Super Bowls, and Jackson's never been to one. It's not about playoff wins. It's about going to well, Super one, Bowls and winning One's had them. four years. One's had ten. That's fine. You and I both agree we'd rather have Wilson, so what's the argument? No, I, and, and, and my argument back to you is, you just said he won an MVP, and you'd rather have Allen, Wilson, Herbert, and Burrow, and Stafford over Jackson. Well, that we're talking about recently. I mean, the one thing that, that Russell Wilson has to answer, and it's the one thing that is the element of risk here, is that that they don't have the huge team-wide accomplishments in Seattle in the last few years. Now, some of that, I think, is the way they schemed. We're going to find out. You know, you know what there's, else? But there is something of an unknown here. You know what else helps Lamar Jackson? His front office does really well at collecting personnel. Really the, well. The other thing also that helps. Isn't that, isn't that true? It, it, They're well, great at building a team. They are, and it certainly helps that uh, he is a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. That didn't, I mean, the Broncos, because they failed at their attempts at finding young quarterbacks, and they could have drafted Lamar Jackson back in 2018. We knew that they wouldn't. Right. But they had the, they had the opportunity to. Right. They could, they could have taken him five, or they could have traded back up into the first round instead Baltimore did. Because the thing is, they did the Baltimore's had more draft capital because they were able to find Lamar Jackson at pick 32. The only guys who are more accomplished in the NFL than Russell Wilson are Mahomes, Brady, and Rodgers. That's it for their career. Yes, that's it. Yeah, right. So, in some ways, when you look at the top teams in the league, and you can make the case all these quarterbacks basically have the top teams in the league. Mm-hmm. But I do think we're splitting hairs when we're kind of saying, okay, where do they they rank? If they're in the top tier, right, then right, 
then so, then then you're not you're not looking. The, those teams are the teams that are clearly not even casting any kind of eye on the QB market. Derek Carr was in tier four, which was titled "You Can Win with Him." He was also grouped with Cousins, Tannehill, Prescott, Murray, Winston, Jalen Hurts, uh, Tagovailoa, and and uh, Mac Jones. Too low. That's what they, he should have been in that tier with Deshaun Watson and uh, Matt Ryan. That second tier. How many playoff games has he won? Who? Derek Carr. He's only played in one. He had the Raiders in position to be in the playoffs in 2016. Then he got hurt and he couldn't play right. in the postseason. And Tannehill's more accomplished than Carr is. Well, if you're talking about team accomplishments, but we, would you rather Ryan Tannehill or Derek Carr? You, you and I talked about it a couple of years ago that when you look at just flat-out numbers, Tannehill was having a better season than Mahomes. But right now, look at how Tan- Tannehill did not have a good season last year. I agree. He had two I, terrific seasons. I, I, would, I, would th- I would put Carr two tiers higher. because the, you, now, put him with, you put him with Deshaun Watson? And Matt Ryan. You could argue Deshaun Watson. Matt Ryan's way too high. I disagree. Really? Yeah. I think, and I think we're going to find out that he st- this season in Indianapolis, he still has gas left in the tank. I hope he does. I mean, not if it, the Atlanta it sacrifices the Broncos. He, he's on the best roster that he's been on since the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. You can make the case he's on a better roster. Probably better offensive line. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. Receiver's probably not as good as Atlanta had back in 2016. Better. By, by better the way, you know, right you know what uh, Reggie Wayne said about Matt Ryan? They made made the uh, Peyton comp. I it makes me it makes me throw up how much Matt Ryan reminds me of Peyton Manning. Interesting. Their careers aren't even close. I think he's talking about style and leadership more than no question their careers. Right. Right. I mean, if if the Colts have a look, look it's not out of the realm of possibility the Colts have a big year. I agree. And it wouldn't even be that much of an upset if they had a really high seed in the AFC. Right. Maybe not number one, but number two. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk more avalanche hockey as the Avs cruise to a game one win. Peter McNabb is going to be joining us next. We'll get his thoughts on not only this series, but moving forward all the way to the cup. Can the Avs get 15 more wins? That's next. You need my love and don't you know it's true So enter please get on your Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason Presented by Silter Har Mazda a no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, very excited to tell you about my good friend and my insurance guy at Farmers Insurance, Eric Cook. I've worked with Eric well over five years. He does my auto, 
my home. He does my health insurance as well. And that's the thing about what he does. A lot of insurance agents do not do health insurance, but he does that as well. I love the fact that he's quick to return phone calls and emails. He even does it on his day off. Eric Staff, the Cook Insurance Agency, has over 70 years of experience. They know the right questions to get you the policy that you want, and they follow up every year as well because things are going to change. Maybe you upgraded your kitchen. Maybe you got a new car. They want to stay on top of that to make sure that you are covered. Call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Trust me, he's the best out there, the Cook Insurance Agency with Farmers Insurance. 303-790-8089. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today. At 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. My good friend and your friend, Les Shapiro, was sick with cancer. We didn't talk as much on the phone, and it broke my heart. So now, another good friend of mine, Peter McNabb, stricken with cancer. I know that he's doing better, and I missed my phone conversations with Peter McNabb. Peter, you and I have not talked for a long time. And I'm it's been a while. And, and, and honestly, I'm like getting kind of choked up. How are you? How <laughs> are you? I am I'm, you know, it's uh it's a long process. There's no question about it and it uh it's it's everything that you know, it's cracked up to be. You know, you you have horrible days and but I'm, I'm on the other side. My three-month met checkup is uh, in two weeks, and everything's supposed to be going well. So, listen, I'm just going to count my lucky stars. I'm on that side of the ledger, so I'm very, very happy. Well, I am so happy for you and your family. How much happy are you after watching last night's game? Well, you know, it's one of hopefully 16 wins for the Avalanche. But you saw... When you're analyzing a club and you're writing down what they do well, what you know, what are their strengths, what are the things that, that you know they're going to have to play into, they're going to have to work well. So many of them showed up last night. I mean, their stars were stars. There's that's probably the biggest single thing that happened in last night's game. The big guys came out early. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, we I don't know if you saw him interviewed at the end of the game. It was like that's one. So don't you know? It's this is a business trip. You know he is. He is determined to make it this year for the Colorado Avalanche. And, uh, you know, I, I really felt that first period was about as much fun if you're an Avalanche fan. But it was also you saw so many positive things from the Avalanche that you, you had to be excited about that first period and that whole game. How much do you think when you're a terrific team and you fall short in the playoffs one way or another, how, do, how much do you think that helps? Because we look at... The Lightning, they won back-to-back titles after getting swept in round one. And even from Avs history, the year before the 96 Cup uh, Cup run in 95, the Nordiques go out, in, when they're the Nordiques, they go out in the first round despite being, I believe, a one seed that year. How much does that, how much do you see that kind of help teams and how much does that kind of motivate the Avs right now? I, I got kind of a story that, you know, it will tell you one year, the Edmonton Oilers just had a great year and they were going to meet the uh, New York Islanders in the finals. 
And it was after the game one, and they're feeling good. They played well. They didn't win, but they, you know, they thought, you know, we're, we, we we're really doing well. And they're walking down the hallway in Nassau Coliseum at the time. And just as they get to the door, that's the the door to the New York Islanders dressing room. The door opens, and there's they're leaving. They're going out for dinner, and the New York Islanders are all in there getting iced and biking, and they're and these guys said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There's a there's another level to this. And uh, I, I think that when, you, when you've had the, the opportunity to win it and you don't, or you, you think you're going to be good enough to win it and you don't do it, you, it, it just is an awful sensation. And, you know, it's, I've heard it a hundred times, and I've, I'm a firm believer, you've got to hate losing more than you love winning. Because winning is the fun. That's cool. But losing's got to hurt. And I think for the Avalanche now, they've been through enough of the hurting and the losing and all of that. They want to go the other way. We're talking with Peter McNabb. You can catch him on Altitude Sports and Entertainment on the mic with our friend Mark Mosier. <laughs> um, there was a potential uh-oh moment for me watching last night's game. It was at the end of the second period, and Kadri is standing right in the thick of it, and he decided to show some self-control. To me, he is one of the keys, and there are many keys to the Avalanche winning 15 more games. But when you saw him close to that scrum, what were you thinking? Well, I, you know, it's a situation where you know. I mean, I just go back and think, how did he feel last year, sitting out those last eight games before the Av- the Avalanche were eliminated in this in the time or the six games or whatever it was? He didn't get a chance to even come back and play. And so you had to watch this team lose a year after in the bubble. He was as good a player as there was in, in all the playoffs. He, he was fantastic. And you just, you know, you, it comes that time in your life. He's 31. He had a great season for the Avalanche. You just got to walk away. I mean, there is absolutely nothing to be gained by letting these guys push you around because it's just, it's just that, you know, guys are just pushing and shoving. They're trying to, you know, turn, turn this around or that around, but it, you know, you, you walk away, you skate away, you move away, and, and it really becomes a mute point real quickly. How much do you expect the Preds to try to kind of play chippy and muck it up in game two? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they – I think, you know, for, for me personally, I thought the Avalanche matched everything that Nashville threw at them. You know, Nashville wanted to do this. So they hit more than anybody, but the Avalanche – did a great job with that. I thought that, you know, I don't think there was a fight in the game last night. And, you know, that's what something Nashville does. But, you know, you want to play your game. You want to play your style. But how are you – and I think the biggest thing is how are you going to throw the avalanche off their game? You know, I've heard so many times people talk about, you know, when you get beat seven, you know, seven to two, you know, you're trying to recover. There's another aspect to it. When you win seven to two – You've got to put that away right away. That was just a that's a, a great game. It's a fun game, but now we're down to nothing, nothing because if Nashville wins this next game, we're going back to Nashville tied at one, and then they're feeling great. So you know you you can't let the score of a, the game before affect winning or losing the whatever. You just have to okay that one's over. We're moving on. Anything we got to talk about? Anything we got to do? Anything? Line changes, defensive pairs. What's going on? You know, you just sit down, you do it, and you get ready for game two. 
I'll never forget a conversation we had about three years ago. You and I were talking about this kid out of college named Kale McCarr. And you just kept going on and on and on. And I, I think you had said something to me like, I don't think people truly realize how great this kid is, how great of a skater he is. And you were gushing like you just had a newborn child. Has, <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> has he even exceeded your expectations? Um. Yes and no. I mean, he, I don't know what the limit is. I think that's the fun part. Uh, he doesn't seem to have one at this point. But, you know, it, it's funny how I compare it. This, this is how I kind of compared it when I was talking to, with people. Uh, the first time I saw Ray Bork, uh, he was, I, I was on the bench and he was on the ice. And he got the puck and he just turned to come up the ice. And I just, my knees just kind of went buckled. I went, oh, my God. That there it is that there's there's our meal ticket and then when i when i saw kale at practice the very first time it was the same thing there's just there is a an electric reaction to those super duper stars mckinnon's got it um you know obviously you know mccarr's got it but you know i think for mckinnon we know what he can do i mean what he's doing in the playoffs now is you know that's things for legend but you know for kale mccarr He's, he's just growing in. He's just 23, for crying out loud. And he's just growing into being the player that he's going to be. Dare I say this, and you missed playing with him by one year. You joined the, you joined the Boston Bruins, and Bobby Orr went to the Chicago Blackhawks. Looking at Kale McCarr's trajectory, is he on the same clip as Bobby Orr? And I know that's as high as you could really go for a defenseman. You know, I, I I was around Boston too long, you know, and Bobby's Bobby. But, you know, there's, you know, you've got Gordy and Gordy Howe, Mario, Wayne, and Bobby. And, you know, to join that, you have to be some kind of special. And McCarr is some kind of special. And he may one day be that guy that, you know, because we always, always forget that Bobby's career was cut short. It was 10 years. 10 years of the best hockey you're ever going to see. And the thing that he did and McCarr may do it. That, 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 that I've been watching him really closely, and Bobby revolutionized the game because all of a sudden defensemen were jumping up into the play, defensemen were rushing the ice, defensemen were you know scoring a hundred points, defensemen were getting forty goals, and that was Bobby Orr, just his influence on the game. And I'm really interested to see uh, what McCarr's influence on the game is going to be because when you're watching the Avalanche play, you know. You, you're watching all the defensemen, not just McCarr, but Taves last night, Manson, Johnson, you know, Sammy G. You know, you're watching all of these guys jump up into the play. And, they, you know, because I think you watch Kale do it, and, you know, it, it, you're not going to get in that much trouble jumping up into the play. And, you know, I think the old days it was the idea that, oh, you jump up, you're going to get, you know, you're, something bad's going to happen. Well, these guys skate so well. My gosh, Sammy, if Sam, <laughs> Sammy Gerard gets in trouble – He'll be the first guy back, you know, and, and, and same with Kale McCarr. So I don't know if he's going to revolutionize the game or change the game, but, you know, some of the stuff that he does, um, he could be an absolute highlight film, uh, make a highlight film on the plays that don't score goals or don't, he doesn't get an assist. He just plays, he just makes. And, uh, it, and the great part about it is you've got him and you've got, 
Nathan McKinnon, who's man-possessed, and these two guys are leading this team, so it's just a lot of fun. As terrific as McCarr has been, as much as you expected from him, does he still do things that surprise you that maybe oh, you didn't yeah. even think he could do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was you know, I, I remember when I was in Buffalo, and I was sitting beside this gentleman, Tim Horton, Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Great donuts. Great donuts. You know, and whatever, but we're sitting on the bench, and mm-hmm. Timmy won Stanley Cups, and we're sitting, I'm sitting on the bench because that's where I sat when I was in Buffalo, and he, you know, he he says to me, Maxie, there's the greatest player you're ever going to see. Watch him. And Bobby Orr was about two feet away. And Bobby says, Timmy, I can hear you. And and <laughs> Tim Horton says, I know. And, and, you know, Bobby just, you just, just constantly shaking your head at, at what he could do. As Makar, you're just, you know, he, he looks like he's caught. I think that's the fun part is like, okay, he's caught. No, he's not. What did he do? You know, you got to go back and look at it again because you you can't figure out just what one watch what he did because it's just too complicated. Oh, he's on this edge, that edge. He's you know he's turning around. So yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's always exceeding my expectations. But you know uh, he's just a he's just a truly talented young guy. And you know the, the great part is, and you hear this you know, a lot, but he's just a really nice kid. I yep. mean, a yeah. really. Nice kid. So, I mean, the whole package, it, it's just almost ridiculous. Well, let me throw this at you just for fun. You Feel free to steal this from me because I just looked this up as you were talking. You <laughs> can make this a graphic on your pregame show. Uh, Kale McCarr has played 178 games, 48 goals, 132 assists. Bobby Orr, through his first three seasons, 153 games, so roughly 25 less, 45 goals, 91 assists. Makar is on that trajectory. Yeah. Oh, there's no question that he's, he's moving up. But until you get, you know, there's a certain feel that you have when you're watching, when you know what you're watching. You know, it's like when I first time I saw Gretzky, I was just like, oh, we, we, had, we had an argument in the locker room, <laughs> honest to goodness, that that can't be Gretzky in warm-up. This kid's too young. That, that's got to be like a publicity stunt. Right. You know, he can't, he, he can't actually be Wayne Gretzky, but the young guys on the team said, that's Gretzky. After the first period, that was Gret- That was Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. And, you know, this, the same with Lemieux. The, Lemieux would get the puck, and your jaw would just drop. He would just do stuff. So, you know, when you look at, at what Kale McCarr is doing, you know, in, in just such a short time in, the, in his career with the avalanche, it, it's so much fun just to be around it and watch it and enjoy it, and, and hopefully it's going to be a long run because that'll, that'll be the determining factor of, you know, what happens next in his career. See if he can get push this team, he and, and Nathan McKinnon and Gabe, you know, and Miko Rantanen and Eric Johnson, if they can push this team to a Stanley Cup, then, then – he starts to get to that trajectory of being as good as or right with Bobby Orr. Do not sell yourself short. You were a 35-plus goal scorer five times, 363 goals, 450 assists. That's just a tick more than I had during my non-NHL career. (laughs) Peter, my man, I'm so glad that I'm hearing your voice. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Peter. You bet, you guys. Take care. You too. See ya. All right, coming up after the break, Hugh Jackson and the Browns are in the news. Yeah, and Hugh Jackson says the Browns were tanking. NFL investigated, said no, they weren't tanking a few years ago, but 
There's some information out there that shows that uh, maybe they were at least incentivizing losing. We're getting into that after the break. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Mount High Sports Radio, MountHighSports.com. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber, the public for your next project deck fence anything like that go with the best wholesale and the best product out there go to rmfp.com time now for what's trending what's trending is presented by optimum golf take your game to the next level this offseason at denver's best indoor virtual facility in the park hill and rhino neighborhoods book your tee time today at the Okay, earlier this week, we learned that Hugh Jackson had his his assertion that the Browns had tanked while he was the head coach, and uh, an investigation that the NFL had into it revealed that his claims were not substantiated. However, according to an investigation by SI.com, the Browns, when Hugh Jackson was there, did give incentives to executives for various accomplishments not tied to success. For example... In 2016, Hugh Jackson's first year on the job, he earned a 5% bonus if the team ranked the bottom 25% of the NFL in cash spent. If you were a personnel executive, you could earn a 7.5% bonus. Those uh, bonuses were also the same percentage-wise for carrying over 15% of cap space to the following year. And they also earned 5% bonuses if the team was in the top half of the league and in youngest players. The metric was called snap-weighted age. Only in the third year Hugh Jackson was on the job, 2018-2019, were bonuses created for winning 10 games. An unnamed coaching agent told SI.com after reviewing this package, quote, if I got that sent to me, the first thing I'd think was, holy bleep, this is like a tank bonus, unquote. Was this part of a long-term plan, or do you think they were, they were trying to tank? Both. I think tanking was part of a long-term plan. I don't have a problem with tanking. What I have a problem with, I don't have a problem with an owner saying, right now I don't want to win because I want to get a higher draft pick. I don't have a problem with that. But they don't say that because they want to sell tickets. No, I understand that. I don't have a problem with an owner feeling that way. I don't have a problem with an executive feeling that way. I would have a problem with players literally tanking themselves not trying and trying to lose games. That's what I would have a problem with. And the thing is, like, if you're a player and you find out this, you find out the organization's not trying to win in that moment, how are you going to go out there and what kind of effort are you going to give? Well, you put everything on tape, and when you become a free agent, then you get the hell out of there. That's how you do it. Or you ask for a trade. You can, and a lot of guys have well, asked but for a trade. Guys, but the thing is, what happens is, at the time, you are, as a player, you're existing under... It's not kind of a like a, a a cultural promise, a verbal promise, as it were, 
that they're trying to win the moment, right? You're giving your effort. The organization's giving its effort. Do you really? What this, what this tells me is that at least in the moment, those guys that were giving their effort on the field were doing so for an organization that basically decided, yeah, we are fine losing right now. Do you really? And actually incentivizing it for their executives. As we sit here just today, do you really think the Seattle Seahawks are really trying to win looking at their quarterback room? Really? They're really trying to win. They are saying the right thing. No, no, I, I know what they're saying, and yeah. everybody lies. But can Do you we, really think, looking at their quarterback room, they're trying to win? Not with a better quarterback sitting there available that could be had pretty easily. There you go. I mean, that's what that's what Seattle's Baker doing. Mayfield is a better quarterback than Drew Locke or Geno Smith. He's a better quarterback than them combined. Yeah. Baker Mayfield has had good seasons. Baker Mayfield has succeeded in the postseason, mm-hmm. right? So are, they, so are the Seahawks tanking? What do you believe? They're going to try. I believe, Pete Carroll's going to coach them I, hard. I believe that they are organizationally okay with being in position to get a quarterback next year. Then that's tanking. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in <laughs> case you missed it? Another ejection in the Warriors-Grizzlies series last night. A lot of physicality going on there. We'll also talk a little bit more about some of the NHL playoffs going on tonight. And the Colorado Rockies need a bounce-back game tonight in a big way. And Andrew's going to be handling that segment. I need to get to a a nonprofit event uh, for City Years, so I'm taking off. Andrew, I know you can hold down the fort. Have Danny, a good try. Have I, a good night, I, I, I have more confidence in you. Actually, that Danny and I, our I relationship it. is our relationship is built on trust and confidence. It is. I have no trust in him. He has no confidence in me. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us at milehighsports.com. Listen to Mile Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD, 3 FM. Of course, had to get in today, right? May the 4th be with you. Yeah, I almost didn't play it today, and then Andrew reminded me, and I'm glad he did. It's funny because t- I tend to regard like the real uh, Star Wars day as the day uh, that the original Star Wars was released. Of course, we now it's now tagged as Episode Four: A New Hope, re- retroactively tagged as that. But I always think of May 25th as the big day. Because that celebrates the anniversary of Star Wars coming out. That, that of course, is, is precisely three weeks from now. Will be the 45th anniversary, Danny, of the original Star Wars being released. Wow. So it's a great franchise. Yeah. It's one of the all-timers. You going to watch the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Yeah, I am. I'm looking month? forward to that. Yep. Yeah, I, I am too. Of, of all the, the, spin, the spinoffs and series we've seen come through on Disney+, Plus. Uh, over the last few years, this is the one, and they originally were supposed to be a movie, got shelved because Solo back in 2018 didn't do great. Did fine, made money, just 
didn't make as much money as they were used to making in the Star Wars universe. And so converted to a series, but I think actually uh, it may turn out a lot better because of the series. There's there there's that huge gap there between the uh, the prequel trilogy and then Rogue One and the original trilogy that uh, I think there's a, there's a lot to mine and uh, and anything a, anything more with Obi Wan Kenobi I'm in favor of. Probably he's probably my favorite character in the series. Yeah, and I like you and McGregor in that role a yeah. lot. So I'm excited to see where they go with it. He's aged just enough now too. Like you, you see, did you see the trailer today? I didn't. Okay, there, there's a new trailer. There's we'll been trailers out. The there's another probably. new trailer out. It's about a minute and 21 seconds, and you kind of see kind of the, the 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 wrinkles on his face and around his eyes. Like, yeah, he that looks about right. Ten years in between, and especially being on a on a planet like Tatooine, desert, you know, dry air and all that's gonna it's gonna age a man. So, looking forward to seeing that later this month. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, NBA playoffs, a couple of games tonight. The Sixers at the Heat at 5.30, so I guess that one's going on. Haven't checked the score yet. And the Mavs at the Suns at 8, those games on TNT. But I wanted to talk about last night's game in the Warriors-Grizzlies series. We had another ejection, the second straight game of the series that a starter has been ejected for a flagrant two. It was Draymond Green in game one. Last night, Dylan Brooks ejected for a flagrant foul two in which he took out Gary Payton the second and Gary Payton suffered a broken elbow. Um, Unfortunately, it's a part of the game and Steve Kerr said he didn't think it was intentional, but he did think it was dirty. And in the playoffs, the intensity, the physicality usually ramps up. If teams are playing more physically, do officials need to alter their officiating to keep players safe, or do they let them play, as they well, say? Well, I think uh, they, if they altered uh, their officiating, I'm not sure it would do any good on, on something like this as a spur of the moment. If you actually want to uh, get a play, get that, get that sort of hard foul out of the game, the one like that Dylan Brooks had in the playground too, you would say this. If you have a flagrant two and you injure the player, you're suspended for as long as they're out to injury. They'll never do that. But if they really want to do something about it, they would have some kind of draconian punishment like that. Yeah, that's an idea that I, I've heard tossed around a lot as well. And I think it's it's a good one. But mm-hmm. like you said, I don't think that any of the leagues would ever implement that just because you take out some, some star player and it might be uh, tough to come back from. Right. Like, But in the playoffs, I mean, to me... If Gary Payton twos out the rest of the series, if it were up to meet Dylan Brooks, be out for the rest of the series too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the fairest punishment mm-hmm. that you could have. Uh, just in case you missed it, another game in the playoffs right now going on uh, in the NHL, tied at 0-0, Tampa Bay and Toronto, just about halfway through the first period there up in Canada. Uh, that game on ESPN2, the Leafs with the one nothing series lead. Toronto is a team known for their playoff woes in years past. Uh, will the Lightning be able to bounce back after a 5-0 route in Game 1? Well, again, they, they looked uh, they look, they look kind of tired. I'm now, just going, what's going on early, Lightning got a little bit of momentum. They just had a, uh, they, they just had a penalty kill. 
Leafs got three shots on on the power play. None of them could could get on on the net. So I think could, could get in the net. I should say. Good sign for that. The thing is, the, the Lightning just they've 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 got to actually create some opportunities here, and it just it those were lacking. They're playing a Toronto team that's got a lot of emotion um, for this, a lot of motivation, and the Lightning looks like a team that just uh, is. You know, and they've looked this way at times this year. A team that looks to be a little bit out of gas and needs a, a longer offseason to recharge. Charge, lightning, pardon, pardon the pun. Just in case you missed it, another team looking for a bounce back, the Colorado Rockies. Washington Nationals series continues here at Coors Field. That game is set to start at 6.40 p.m. Patrick Corbin on the mound for Washington and Austin Gomber for the hometown team here. Last night, Washington smacked Colorado 10-2. We talked about that run total that did end up hitting. It was 10.5. The 10-2 means the over hit. Do the Rockies bounce back tonight after an abysmal performance last night? I think they'll bounce back. That being said, I mean, last night was another tough start for Herman Marquez. Seven earned runs in five innings pitch. The reason why I think they're going to bounce back is going up against Patrick Corbin, who's not off to a good start this year, but he's got an interesting pattern to his last four starts. He's been one game on or one game off, one game on. He 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 only lasted two and two thirds on April twelfth against Atlanta. Pitched five and a third in the next start against Pittsburgh. One and two thirds in his following start against the San Francisco Giants. Went six innings against the Miami Marlins. So was that pattern tell you? Corbin, horse field, could be a rough night for him. We'll see if uh, the Rockies can get it done tonight, just in case you missed it. Something that we haven't talked about yet this week uh, in the NFL, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games for violating the PED policy. The three-time first team All-Pro tweeted, I was confused and shocked. And this happens from time to time when guys are just given things by their trainer or uh, somebody who they get their supplements from and they aren't 100% sure what all is in there. Uh, Hopkins played in just 10 games last season, so if the suspension's the only thing that holds him out this season, he'll play in 11. But when healthy, I think he's a top five receiver in the NFL. Uh, Which of his teammates will benefit more from his suspension and the time off the field, A.J. Green or the newly acquired Marquise Brown? I think uh, Hollywood Brown's going to be the initial beneficiary. You have to to think, Danny, as well, that uh, the Cardinals knew this was coming when they made the trade for Hollywood Brown. Yeah, that's fair. I hadn't thought about that, but... uh, Hopkins' agent did say mm-hmm. that the failed test was back in November, so right. they had some time to plan for the future. Also, local angle as well, Trey McBride, who they picked in the second round, probably means he's going to get a few more targets as well as kind of, as you see, the chain reaction on the Cardinals receiving targets. Is that all we got, Danny? That's it. MMA plug coming up next. All right, cool. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquors, just in case you missed it. Argonaut has always had great specials, and here are a few. Bubbles and boxes are 15% off. And don't forget, Argonaut delivers, and all deliveries over 100 bucks are free. Stop by Argonaut today off of Colfax. See why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver five years running, or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Eric Goodman, will, he'll be back here tomorrow. Andrew and Danny, great job behind the glass. Thank you. Andrew Mason here Sending you into MMA chat for the next hour. Stay tuned here on Mile High Sports Radio, milehighsports.com. Talk to you tomorrow.